So I watched the movie with Jess, who had watched it for the first time. I had seen it already. Yeah. She was unimpressed. <laughs> well, and we then, can elaborate when we get into the into the show. Yeah. Yeah. I was told by a friend that it was very enjoyable and probably DC's best movie. <laughs> <laughs> what, was was that friend being oh, yeah. deadpan serious? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is a, Sony made this. He's like, was well, it that still that's still a DC property? I'm like, no, it was, it's a <laughs> Spider-Man villain. I I think we just found the cold open. Like that's got to be it. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Bright Guy and his Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is someone who's been described as our high-energy guy, Andy Stolls. What's up, podcast people? Who described me as that? What the fuck? <laughs> that's, that's actually a listener for the show that oh. I gave you that description. Okay. Is, is that a negative moniker that you don't want to be associated no, with? No, I was just curious like if it was one of you guys. It, it was not one of us. Okay. I can say that on the record. Uh, I think it's safe to say that our next guest is probably the most frequent guest, so we will cue the achievement unlock sound for Mike Bradley. Are you actually going to put it in there? I should try. That, I can send it to you. I, could, I mean, had you told me you were going to do that, I actually could have played it so it came through Audacity. I could have like, <laughs> had it set up and ready to go so it just played. And, well, we I, can we can fix that in post. Yeah, we can try for next time. <laughs> Damn it. I, I mean, that would be so awesome if I, if it played every time I showed up. We'll have it ready next time. We'll see. Uh, next up, uh, he likes to rap about movies, so around here we call him Jay-Z, Josh Zorch. Uh, it didn't take you long <laughs> to get there. <laughs> that was pretty good. You're getting, you're getting pretty good at this. I'm trying here. Yeah, no, it's 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 good good effort. And finally, he's got a face for radio and a voice for miming, Ian Leidick. I, I assure you folks, he is there. We will continue. <laughs> uh, all right, so Brian worked everybody. hard on these intros. Uh, <laughs> he actually made Ian speechless for the first time, I think, ever. Uh, all right, welcome everybody to our second episode for Rewind Theater. Uh, you may be wondering what the hell is Rewind Theater. Well, first, I can tell you that you obviously haven't been following us on Facebook because we've been putting everything up there to tell you what the hell we're doing. Uh, second, so it's a new ongoing segment that we're trying to do, basically an excuse for us to rewatch some comic book movies, try to give them a second look, see if they hold up, and at the end of the episode, we will spin what we've deemed the Wheel of Fate, which consists of four standalone movies and two franchises to determine what we watch for the next episode. Those six options come from a bigger list that we've compiled, we filtered down just to six just to make it a little bit easier to handle. So on the last episode of Rewind Theater, we watched Spawn, and if you listen to that episode, at the end, we spun the wheel, and we landed on Venom. So here we are. And just to play it safe, I think I will throw out the spoiler warning before we even get started. Just, you know, for whatever we want to talk about going forward, we can we are free to talk spoilers. If you've seen the movie, you are good to go. If you have not seen it and do not want spoilers, you can pause us now. You've had two weeks, just like us, to watch the movie and catch up. Uh, if you don't give a shit, then, you know, we're, you're good to go. Keep listening. Otherwise... 
pause us, come back to us after you've seen the film, and we will pick up right here. Spoiler! Spoiler! You know, something like that. So I'd just like to go on record and say it's it's pretty interesting to me that the first two movies of this this project that we're doing are both um, originations of uh, Todd McFarlane. I know it actually worked out that there was a little bit of a segue that's, connecting. That's, the that's two. neat. Yeah, like you got Spawn, and then you in like when he was with Marvel, he made Venom. Like you're just, that that's that's kind of neat. The wheel of fate knows. Yeah, yeah. It's what else is it gonna bring to us? <laughs> right. Is there anything? Well, is there anything left even in the general pool? But is there, there, there? There's nothing left on the immediate decision wheel that could come up Todd McFarlane related. Right? No, but what we should do is we should play, um, what is it? Like the, the seven six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Six degrees. Yeah. Yeah. We should try yeah. to connect every <laughs> single movie. We got to like do research and try and figure it out. Like this, <laughs> okay. art, this art producer produced the same art from that movie to this movie. Yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to come back to that for the next episode like we do. So yeah. we have some time to do our research and figure out where the dots connect. Yeah. I mean, Andy already did it for this one, so yeah, yeah right. it's, it's a pretty easy one there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. One degree, point run. one degree. <laughs> one guy created both. <laughs> Done. All right, so again, we are talking about Venom. So this movie was released in 2018 as part of Sony's Spider-Man universe, which I will not get into here because that's a whole another can of worms. We've talked about it, that at length on numerous other episodes. So if you would like to see how confusing that whole freaking thing is, uh, I. Tried to look and see where we talked about it. It seems like episodes 146, 165, 168 all sort of revolve around Spider-Man news and Venom. Uh, I think 145 talks about the box office numbers for Venom when it was released. And we go into the future of Spider-Man there, so that's probably a good place to start. The other two episodes feature news about the Sony Marvel deal for Spider-Man, so I'm sure it's covered there because we're just trying to figure out how all that affects everything going forward. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot to dig into. We won't get into specifics because it's it's a lot. And I I hate most of it, um, so <laughs> yeah, we're just I mean, gonna get into threw the movie. my plan off. What talking about my, all the my, bullshit? Well, the first three points on my notes are all fuck Sony. Yeah, <laughs> I mean you can you can leave it at that. We just won't elaborate too much on what the hell's going on. Wait, wait, you guys have notes? <laughs> oh hell, Andy, I expect nothing less from you. Uh, all right, so Venom is directed by Ruben Fleischer. Uh, who also directed Zombieland, Zombieland 2. The film was released on October 3rd, 2018, with a budget of $100 million. It finished its theatrical run with $856 million worldwide, which put it at number seven for the top grossing movies of 2018. On Rotten Tomatoes, it is currently at a 30% critic score. It is at an 82% audience score. What? On- on Metacritic, it has a 35 for a meta score and 6.3 for a user score. So I'm going to open it up to you guys, sort of going around the horn, and maybe we'll just start with uh, Josh or somebody. Uh, is this your first time viewing the movie, or is this a rewatch for you? Uh, no, this was a rewatch for me. Um, as uh, I know I mentioned somewhere before, I think, uh, might have been in our actually our private chat uh, for the show, that... Uh, on the the last episode that we discussed the movie, which was kind of shortly after its release, uh, Andy gave us all the business for even daring to see this movie in theaters and thus <laughs> contributing to those financial numbers, which I am myself partially responsible for and in, made incredulous by. 
so yeah, I, I, so I, I, I quickly, I'm going to go into like self-defense mode. <laughs> uh, uh, even though it's like, it's, it's really not a, a refuge of any kind, uh, that like I tell myself, yeah, but you know what? I had the AMC subscription thing, so it's not really like I paid full ticket price for it. And granted, I don't know the particulars of how those deals with the 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 chain has worked out with the studios but i know that put dollars <laughs> somehow in some pocket on the tally board for this movie so yeah i'm i'm not entirely guiltless here all right uh andy first time viewing or is this a rewatch this is a rewatch okay yeah um the first time i saw it i think it was on like hbo or or something uh my mom had it on and i was like ah what the hell i'll watch it <laughs> so um, this was the first watch my girlfriend watched Venom for the first time, not coming from a very heavy comic book background, and okay. she was less than impressed. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious if that will be the going opinion. Um, uh, Mike, rewatch or first viewing? Uh, rewatch. I'm with Josh on, I saw it in the theater. Um, it was one of those had nothing to do on a Friday kind of things, and I like going to the movie theater, so it was there. It was what was out, so I did that. Um, I will say the rewatch took about four rewatches to actually finish the movie because I kept falling asleep. <laughs> um, so I had to restart it a few times. I don't know. I, you know, I don't want to blame that all on the movie. You know, it's mostly, you know, my sleep. Did you try watching it before bed? Well, I tried that last night, yes. And then... This morning, after I woke up, I put it on again and fell asleep again. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I guess it was three. It required three, not four. But, okay. Yeah. Uh, Ian, first watch or rewatch? First watch. And I do want to point out you mentioned the box office numbers. Yes. The market it did the best in was China with 270 million at their box office. Now, my first note here is about that, because when they show all the studios involved, one of them is Tencent Pictures, which is the largest largest media conglomerate in China. So that's how I was like new and going in. I was like, this movie's made for China. They wanted it to do very well there, and they succeeded in that. Yeah, I mean... Interesting point. Probably wouldn't... I don't feel like it's too far of a, of a stretch to say that like I'm sure they anticipated comic book audiences not being too... Excited about how, you know, for, for people that follow this shit, which is the whole thing we're not really diving into, but, like, the way the rights are for Spider-Man and who makes movies and where they, you know, what's connected to what, people that follow that shit know that this movie has nothing to do with the MCU. And I think people at least tried to boycott that movie maybe because of that. So, obviously, if no if people in America are pissed off the movie, where's your where else are you going to go to make money? China is the obvious choice. So, tailoring a movie for China is not a bad bad move. Um, it seems like Tencent really I didn't realize they made movies but god they got their hand in everything don't they yeah yeah they literally do yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah this is a rewatch for me also I did I was one of those people that did see it in the theater but I think I'm I'm pulling the defense card like Josh where I I am pretty (laughs) sure I had some sort of coupon or deal or something I refused to actually pay cash money for this I was like if I could see it somehow sort of for free I will do that so I, I know that's what I did you're still in that pool. I know. It, it somehow, <laughs> some way, off the hook. <laughs> it's still it still generated money for them at some point. Yes, I I get that. Yeah, even even if it's just you know say like look how many people went to go see it. 
Yeah, it's still a ticket sold, so it's yeah, it counts somewhere. Yeah. Even if it was like, you know, the the freebie ticket they give you after like a thunderstorm knocks the power out of the movie you're already actually <laughs> in. Um, all right, so we'll try to go around again and just try to see do you disagree or agree with some of the rotten tomato scores and, and metacritic scores that were mentioned earlier. We'll start back with Josh again. I don't I, I don't you know. You need if the I scores again. Easily. Yeah, well, I don't know if I can easily answer it in that way. I guess I would say, like, I I am shocked, legitimately, um, that user scores on Rotten Tomatoes were that high. Because it made eight hundred and fifty six million dollars worldwide. Right, but I'd be curious, like outside of China, especially. I'd wonder how many people saw this movie more than once in a theater. Just because you saw it, just because you paid money for a ticket to see art doesn't mean you automatically enjoyed the art you paid to see you're paying yeah. up front not afterward based on your enjoyment of the art yeah um so it does kind of surprise me a little bit i i think i mean more generally i will say at this point my opinion of the movie hasn't changed okay. uh, I, I think i've been able to fine tune a way to articulate why but yeah like this rewatch uh giving it a second chance didn't make me think it was any better and i guess maybe not any worse either but definitely didn't make me think any differently of it yeah than it did almost two years ago okay uh andy agree disagree scores uh i'm gonna have to probably if you need scores again i can run them down for you what i the um the difference between like the critic scores and the the user scores i think is probably pretty accurate because it's it's not well acted it's not super well directed so yeah i can see like critically it's not going to do super well i can see how people liked it though yeah cuz they did sort of make it funny and dark and it had action and like let's face it people like tom hardy yeah. um but in my opinion, the second watch was worse. <laughs> like I okay, watched well, the second time and I was like, oh man, this, this movie did not hold up and it was only two years ago. <laughs> 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 All right. We'll dig into that a little bit later. Mike, uh, agree with the scores. Yeah or nay? Uh, I kind of agree with what Andy said. I probably would have been more along the lines of the audience score when I first came out of it. Uh, watching it again. I'm probably much more in line with the critics this time. Okay. Um, what was the Metacritic score? Metacritic was 35 for the meta, which I guess is like the more the, like the critic score, and then 6.3 for users. That, I don't know why they don't just do like percentages or out of 100 for both, but it seems like the, yeah, the Metacritic weird. is like the meta score is out of 100, and then the user score is so out of 10. There's, there's still a separation, but it's not as. Big. Right. It's not as steep. Yeah. Um,. I mean, I'd honestly come down somewhere in the middle, I think, of all of that. Like, the the critics are probably a little bit more harsh on it than your average person, obviously, for the many errors it has. Yeah. Which we'll talk about, I'm sure, as well as the good things that it has that kind of dazzle the audience and keep them happy. So, for me personally, somewhere in the middle of the audience in me. Because, okay. again, I, I can't say, like, 100% because they're so far separated. Right. Um, Ian, how do you feel about the the, the audience, the, the scores, Metacritic? The critic scores, I absolutely disagree with. This movie is not three to four points worse than Iron <laughs> Man 3. There's no way. 
Like, <laughs> Iron Man 3 is not that good of a movie for this to be three to four points worse than it. This is clearly tainted by those dudes sucking the Marvel cock <laughs> and not respecting a good Sony outing. So you you so, think you so you're more in line with the audience score or yes okay. Um, this is right. Spawn all over again. I, I, I assumed it would be, <laughs> considering how we came out of Spawn. I, I figured this was right up your alley. Um, yeah, I think I was a little bit probably yeah, probably <laughs> he's sending us heart emojis in, in the Skype chat. Uh, that was actually an accident. <laughs> <laughs> it was well timed accident. Yeah, it worked pretty yeah. well. Um, yeah, I think I, I'm very mediocre with this movie. I don't think it's good. Um, but I also don't think it's like complete shit. I think there is some stuff to like, uh, which I think maybe I've I appreciated maybe a little bit more after a second viewing. Not by much. Like I, I'm thinking like between giving it like a three or a three point five the first viewing, and maybe I'm up to like a four four point five somewhere in there. So it's not much. It's an incremental jump, but a little bit better. Um, all right. Well, I'll just open it up. I, we can still do the round table and kind of go around just to give everybody a chance if we want. But uh, so I'll swing it back to Josh. Stuff that you liked. What was what was redeeming about this movie? Um, they did a good job and and made a smart script move, and gave plausible explanation as to why they are going to remove this character from anything that was in a setting from any other story you know. So they move him out of New York immediately. Yeah. They take him away from Spider Man's home. Anything anything that might give you a plausible reason as to, well, wait, isn't this Marvel? Doesn't that have to do with Spider-Man, even if I know that? Wait, wait, what's going on? Oh, well, he got fired from his last job at the Let's Name Drop Daily Globe paper. And now I'm in San Francisco, which, in theory, I guess he could have ran into Ant-Man. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. But that was not a bad story move, you know, in and of itself. That, that, that was a smart story beat to to take right um things that i liked also uh i liked riz uh, if this is how you pronounce his name riz ahmed yeah. as an actor he's yeah. the your antagonist um one of the first things that i honestly remember seeing him in that i that i remember him from going forward is a movie called nightcrawler uh with jake gyllenhaal um jake gyllenhaal is beyond haunting in that movie like pure sociopath to a disturbing level um and Riz Ahmed plays someone who he uses and manipulates throughout the movie um to a certain point in the plot and the next thing that I remember seeing him in is Rogue One yeah uh, that I could clearly definitely say like he was in that movie and like chronologically that's when they come out um, so when he gives you this character in, in Venom, I will say like, I was surprised, like, okay, he has range. He can play an asshole. He can play, uh, someone who, you know, you root for in Rogue One. You can, he plays someone who you feel bad for. And that like the, this, this character you totally buy in, in Nightcrawler. So I think that was a good acting, uh, or a good casting choice. And, and I liked most of his performance. Right. Okay. Um. Uh. Okay. If you're if you're looking for just simply straight positive notes here, I only got one more. 
Let's see and it. That, and that is, uh, there's a point where Hardy is, uh, v- v- Venom is inside his head and he's he's saying, go ahead, jump, jump. We got to get out of here. Jump. Something. I forget what the, they need to get away from their setting. And he is like considering it, like jumping from a balcony or a window or something. And then the camera cuts to Hardy hitting the button on the elevator. And then you just hear the Venom voiceover from inside Hardy's head say, pussy. That made me laugh. Yeah, that was a laugh. Yeah. That's all I got. Okay. <laughs> Spin it to Andy. Anything positive to say about this movie? Um, I thought the um, CGI was fairly good for Venom himself. I agree. Um, yeah, I, 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 I thought they did a really good job of uh, taking the comic books and sort of bringing him to life in a way that, you know, reminded me of the comic books. Yeah. You know, they, they did a good job of that. And then the other thing I really liked about the movie is the back and forth between um, Eddie Brock and and uh, Venom. Like yeah, in, like in the, his the... head and like, like how they're arguing and talking to each other. And I, I like that they gave Venom a personality. I yeah. think that was good. Um, um, anything else? I think those are the only two positives I took away from it. Everybody's everybody's like list is going to be very short, I feel like. <laughs> uh, Mike, what do you got? Uh, I agree with Josh about Riz Ahmed. Um, he said all that needs said on that. Um, I thought it, some parts of uh, Tom Hardy's performance were really good. Um, did we ever con- confirm? I, I know we talked about it before. As to him voicing Venom as well. I thought that's uh, what it... I thought I heard that somewhere. I forgot to look in the credits for it. But I did. thought that He's it, okay. credited with it and I read about it. Okay. Okay. Then yeah. Yes. It, so that aspect of it improves his performance ex- exponentially. I know I'm sure he recorded it separately for Venom and all that, but he's still having a conversation with himself, which is cool. Yeah. They fed the um, lines into his ear that he recorded because they recorded the Venom lines before shooting. Is that what they did? That's awesome. Yeah. And then for different Venom scenes where he wasn't acting opposite Venom, he would actually stand in and deliver the lines to the other person. Interesting. Yeah. That, that would be cool. That way, part of it, too, was to try and get the motion capture to fit his motions. He's not seven feet tall, so it doesn't work. You can't just mocap him. <laughs> but he still would do some of the stunt stuff to try and like get it to fit. That's how Tom Hardy would move. Yeah. Okay. Um, And for me, I... Even though not all of it make made sense, um, the motorcycle scene, the chase scene, I thought was really cool, really well done. Some of the things that happened during that scene, I thought was really good. Um, you know, when he rounds the corner and Venom just kind of makes it so he can make a ninety degree turn at high speed. Yeah, and he's pulling car Venom's pulling cars from behind him to block people, and I, it was a cool idea. Um, okay. So I I like I enjoyed that. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> um, Ian, I'm sure you have a laundry list of stuff, so I'm just gonna try to get through a couple that I have, and then I'll let you free reign to go about your business. Um, I I think Tom Hardy actually is probably the selling point for this movie. Like he just looks like he's having fun in this movie. It doesn't have to be good acting. He just is having fun doing what he's doing, which I can I I get behind that. I think that was cool. And he um, took this role for his son, because his son's a big Venom fan. Okay. 
Well, that makes more sense, too. And his son even coached him on, here's what Venom's like. <laughs> well, that's good. Like I, like, I like hearing stuff like that. That's cool. Um, I Like Andy was saying, I think Venom looks really cool. I think the CG for the, the Venom himself looks cool, the transformations and all that stuff. I was, I was good with that. I like that they, sh- again, like that they showed Venom having a personality. Um, like Mike was saying, I think the fight scenes were cool. Most of them, aside from the, the third act finale fight, I think that's a piece of shit. Um, and that's, yeah, I think that's pretty much all I have that was, that was good that I felt was redeeming, but that's enough to give me a, give it a mediocre score and, and get through the movie for me, I think. Um, all right. So Ian, what do you got? What's your, what's your list? Okay. Let's start in chronological order. So what I really <laughs> liked in the, the beginning, the beginning of the movie was, um, they were doing like a kind of a couple of jokes, at least I was able to make to myself that I thought were really fun. Like when he first wakes up and she keeps telling him to feed the cat, you know, there's no fucking way he fed that cat. <laughs> you know, you feed that cat. And then she also tells him right before he leaves, you know, don't start your shit again. And he's also told don't start your shit again when they find out he's going to interview our antagonist, um, Carlton, whatever. Yeah. Carlton, Carlton. Rizumet. And and then I wrote down, he's going to start his shit again. <laughs> Guess guess what, guys? He started his shit again. And I really liked when he started his shit again, Go, because they went back to like that newsroom, the S.H.I.E.L.D. style of the walk and talk, where you're filming yourselves walking and talking down a hallway. Luckily, this one didn't go on for five minutes like it would on the newsroom, where you wonder, how is that building so big? <laughs> this one was like, this is a logical place to end the walk. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I really did enjoy that. And then, let's see, going back, going back. Let's see, how don't they know? Oh. The wisecracks with Venom were very nice. I really like that. Him, the interactions once Venom established himself is not just um. As soon as it was established, I'm not schizophrenic. That's when it became livelier. When he like realized I can really communicate with this thing, and that brought it back to the earlier parts of the movie, like with the feed the cat thing and starting to shit again, where it's fun, where he's doing kind of like wise ass jokes. He does the same thing in the grocery store. And I think if they would have brought that venom part in earlier into the movie and then had more of that joking tone, like that's what Spider-Man's famous for. And that's where venom gets a lot of his characterization from is how Spider-Man's written. Cause it's written by the same guy. Duh. So I think that would have worked really well to make this movie have that lighthearted tone. But at the same time, they were trying to go for some more darker things. But I think you can blend that very well. Deadpool did an excellent job of that in both of their movies, having darker overtones of a lot of light action, lighthearted comedy and like wisecracks. That's all Deadpool basically does for comedy in those two movies. He just chewing scenery. You sold me, Ian. You're going to direct Venom 2. Thank you. <laughs> Let's do it. So I also liked with Carlton, I thought he was a cooler version of Ozzy Mendeus. Like, he just skipped beyond giving a fuck about um, how he was going to save the world. Ozzy Mendez is like, we got to bring us all together. He's like, no, we're going to change everyone. <laughs> fuck ethics. We're not going to... I got all this money. I don't need grants. I'm going to fund my own research into making us all kick-ass. And you know what? It worked. Look at all those kick-ass fights they have. It was all kick-ass. Kick-ass. <laughs> <laughs> all right start the kick-ass tally how many times was that four and then <laughs> At least. another great part was later on in the movie near the end when he loses venom but we'll deliver him back we get lady venom which as we all know conceptually originally venom was going to be a female but the editor of marvel rejected it because he didn't think a woman could be a threat to spider-man is that See, true i did i did yeah, not know that. that's true I'm, I, I did my research which editor was this i couldn't tell you his name i'd have to pull it back up <laughs> But that's why Venom is a male. 
And I really like the Lady Venom. That was also a sick look. And I like the kiss that morphs into, I'm transferring. Like, it was like a real life. Like, you kiss to exchange bacteria and stuff to make sure you're compatible. And they literally exchanged what? an organism between them. That's what kissing's for. It was to oddly make sure hot. You don't get I will sick. admit that. Can I make a note about that? The kiss, by the way? Maybe. So, <laughs> later on... Mike get cut. Well, no, I, la- la- later on, they are, uh, they discuss that kiss again at the end of the movie. And she tells him that Venom uh, had that idea. So he he didn't kiss her. He kissed Venom. I feel like Venom was egging her on. That was that was the way I interpreted that. I feel like Venom wanted to make out with him. Well, they do have a very loving relationship and they bonded together. So they're almost more like marriage partners than anything which, else. Which also brings up how do you have like intimate relations with another sentient being you asking me how Venom fucks? <laughs> I mean, Venom was inside of how. Him, I so literally it physically happened. know how. I'm just saying, like, psychologically, how do you deal with that? Like who? Like Eddie? Like, how he would deal yeah, with it? How, yeah. How they, like, like what, what if Venom well, starts wisecracking while you're having sex? Well, see, you apparently didn't watch the movie, so the whole time Eddie, as we show, is going through a, not a really slow, a very rapid decline in his failing mental health from losing his job and his girlfriend and then struggling with alcoholism through the middle parts of the movies before he gains venom and just down on his luck. And then he wakes up and is just craving food like some kind of fucking meth head. And then starts hearing voices and shit and can't cool his body down. We're looking at a man going through a complete mental breakdown from ruining his life. Like, it's just it, that, that has that transition back to him having sex is then he doesn't give a shit. He's fundamentally broken as a person by that point. Yeah, but by the, the end of the these, movie, he's supposed to be fixed again, and it's all a Well, he's not, because you can see him, and this is why my big problems with Anne are, is how did these two almost get married, and she doesn't notice he's still fundamentally broken and having weird twitches when Venom talks to him at the end of the movie? <laughs> like, Anne, pay attention to this very important person. He is broken, and he needs help, and if you're not going to give it to him, don't drink coffee. She had a moment where she's like, Eddie, are you okay? What was Anything that? going on there? What is that? Is that yeah. accent? <laughs> That's Annie, yeah. That's Jesus. my finish your positives before I have to discuss all the problems I have with and Then Apple as you guys have also mentioned, that was a very kick ass suit. It was up there with Spawn suit and some of the best suit work we've seen. As we all also noticed, there was no white spider logo, once again reinforcing the fact that this is not a Spider Man movie. That's why they omitted the Spider Man from his chest. And part of me dies a little bit inside because I love that the way Venom looks in the comics. And then, <laughs> Maybe lastly, we get I, that in the next movie. And I really did or enjoy later. the giant ass explosion at the end because it kind of got me. I was like, I was like, I thought he was cutting up the fuel thing, and now he's like, now you can't fly all the way to the planet. You're gonna drift lost in space style. No, it's gonna fucking explode and then burn. So <laughs> more fire your... for you. Yeah, kick ass fire. <laughs> I was gonna say we. we... Was that explosion enough to cover the lack of explosions elsewhere in the movie? Well, they covered that up by having kick-ass scenes reminiscent of movies like Old Boy and um, uh, the, 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 anyway, stuff like that. These action <laughs> movies like John Wick and The Raid, where you go in and you have these kick-ass fight scenes real quick, and then you move on to the next chase scene, and then we're getting more fight scenes. They did a very good job with that. So we didn't need the explosions. We did get grenades, which were also pretty cool. <laughs> okay. And it's been a while since I've seen a weaponized MMO- MRI machine. 
it's it's been a while. I, I guess I would have <laughs> been able to say I I guess I've never seen that before. That's the same I, movie that has the in the title five times. That was me could not remembering the word raid. <laughs> okay. Ah. I then remembered it later if you were listening. <laughs> I didn't know if you were talking about the same movie or a different movie. I'm just trying to get set the record straight here. All movies. <laughs> so yeah, this movie kicked ass. Fair enough. Brian, right, what's so, on your your uh, redemption list? Or or it, Well, I did try to cover that quickly gonna... before before Ian's. We did you know, Hardy looked like he was having fun. Venom looked cool, fight scenes were cool. That that's mostly it. Alright. Alright, so can oh, we shit on the Ian thing, right? Hold oh, on. Go, that go lobster thing was cool as hell too. <laughs> I love that scene. Him just you know, that was literally like dealing with an unwell person. I've had to deal with that in retail before and I was like, This yeah. <laughs> This is what happens. <laughs> Except since it's retail, no one's threatening to call an ambulance or the police. <laughs> you just let it play out and hope no one gets hurt. Um, yeah, the, I feel like the more we're talking about it, because it's something I didn't write in my notes, but it, it is surprisingly funny. Like, even watching it the second time, I still laughed at a lot of this stuff, especially the thing that Ian's talking about. The whole When he goes crazy at the restaurant and just starts eating everything and yelling at people and then dipping himself in the lobster tank, like that's funny. Like, the movie, like, I can't tell if it's trying to be campy, but, the, like, the the humor in it, I feel like, leans to the campiness. Like, getting in the lobster tank, he improv that. It's not oh, in I the believe script. It. Yeah. He was just feeling it, having a great day, V for victory, and fucking nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else on your list, Ian, or we'll spin it back around for uh, dislikes? You might have to skip me on that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing to contribute. Uh, all right, Josh, we'll come back to you. Anything anything you didn't like that you want to dig into? All right. I re- actually did re-listen to, and I wrote this down, uh, I think it was episode 146. And okay. this is about a month after the movie came out, and we had discussed like its box office, and then we got some of our thoughts out about it and whatnot. And I I think my one of my thoughts in that discussion still holds. Which and this is the the best that I can still kind of summarize my feeling on this movie and and what I just think they made. They made an enjoyable movie that could have been original and interesting, and maybe had s- a certain percentage of people who saw it think differently about it if it was not about Venom, and it was not a movie called Venom. Okay. Um, coming from a place of someone who did not grow up reading comic books, and so I don't necessarily have, like, the investment part in, like, well, that's not the character I know. This is such bullshit. They did this, and they did that. I don't like this because of the things I know. It's nothing like that. But I can't shake the notion of being familiar with this thing and saying... This has nothing to do with that thing. Um, If they wanted to make a movie about a space parasite that could give you alteration and genetic alteration and powers and some like abilities in some way. And it did this thing and it, and it also acted as, you know, this psychological voice inside your head with the with like this symbiotic relationship and this duality that could be interesting. But the whole time I know I'm here seeing a movie about Venom. <laughs> and yeah, that's not what Venom. this <laughs> That's just not what this is. Uh the the 
the Spider-Man problems put them in a position where they tried to make a movie about somebody who inherently is not supposed to be likable and they made an they made a, a, an antagonist and at best an anti-hero into a 100% the good guy and that's just not what that thing is um and, and part in in getting you to that point they had to make the person who Venom is likable. But that's the other problem is Eddie Brock is not a likable person. Not this incarnation they give you. They show he has character flaws and he's his, you know, he's his own worst enemy, yes. But Eddie Brock, the thing that Venom eventually takes over, take it, is compatible with him in that way because Eddie's supposed to be an asshole. Yeah. You're not supposed to like Eddie Brock. That That's why at least that part works with Toffer Grace in Spider-Man 3, well, you're not supposed to like him. Right, you're not Eddie supposed was a villain before Venom. Right. Like, like, he just didn't have superpowers. He was a villain character. Yeah, and so you're, you're, you're not supposed to like him, but you eventually root for him. This sets up the entire character of Eddie Brock and Venom as the underdog, as the the thing that has that that might not be able to overcome the real threat afterward that's not the place for this character so i can i I get why the audience scores are at 80 percent on rotten tomatoes because it's not necessarily an unenjoyable movie there's certain scenes that are constructed or like the way that you can barely tell what's happening for like five minutes in the penultimate fight at the end but those are like basic critiques you could make. I get why people think this is an enjoyable movie because to that degree it is Tom Hardy is acting the hell out of this movie without, in my opinion, seeming like he's constantly chewing the scenery the whole time. Like he's, he found that balance where he doesn't go so over the top with it that like to your point that you're like, is this supposed to be campy? Are they leaning into that? I can't really tell. He found a way to like walk that razor's edge, which is great. It's fine. It's fun to watch him do that. Yeah. But if somebody had said, hey, can we make a Venom movie that borrows all that idea, but he's not going to look like Venom, we're not going to call it Venom, and his name is not Eddie Brock, I would have a much more, I'd have a very different opinion of this movie. I think that's sort of where, where I'm, like, I feel like I can never give this movie a good score just knowing what I think it could be. Like, I think... I think the people that liked the movie and gave it a better score are people that are unfamiliar or ignorant about Venom's comic origins or, like, how he ties to the Spider-Man universe and all that stuff. But for people that know that, that's something we all desperately want to see, and we want to see it done right, which, because of this movie, will probably now never happen in the MCU, at least not for the foreseeable future, which, to me, is, like, a deal-breaker, and I'm already coming into this movie like, fuck you, why did you do this? This is, you, it, you know, you jumped the gun. We should have waited on this until things were figured out. All this is exactly what I said about the critics in the beginning. All these Marvel <laughs> cocksuckers That's right. eating on I a will, good Sony out because it's I not I will wear Marvel. that badge. I will be a Marvel cocksucker till I die. <laughs> All they had you can barely say it with that cock in your mouth. When, when they were going to go for this idea is go the Flash Thompson, Agent Venom route instead of the Eddie Brock Venom route. And yeah, that would have been a way around it, yeah. It would have made... 
to me, a, a, a more interesting genre of movie because I, 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 I would have preferred that. I'll get into a better way to get that origin without having Venom be mad at Spider-Man or something like, like, I feel like the the Venom origin story that we got in this movie just feels like it's lacking the Spider-Man part. Spider-Man is such a big part of Venom's origin and how he comes to be and how he becomes the anti-hero and how he spins that way. That that's something I desperately want to see, but Mike's right. I think doing the flash Thompson route, you cut that piece out. So it's just, dealing with Flash and how he adapts to the suit and, and becoming a hero and stuff like that. Right. I could have lived... Yeah, it, it, to me, it it, it wasn't like a, a... There wasn't a bias going in, like I said, from the degree of... I have been a Venom reading reader fan for 20 years, and now this is what they give me. It wasn't a bias like that, but there was certain things that I already knew that I could not unknow... Right. And see this through any other lens. Yeah, because I feel like people that I talked to that had seen the movie also that are either not aware or just peripherally aware that Venom is somehow in, tied to Spider-Man. They seem to like the movie because they, sure. they don't know that backstory like we all sort of kind of do. So they can separate from that and they can just take the movie for what it is. And that's that's fine. It's just, yeah, for, for some of us that are married to that kind of thing, it's, it's hard to hard to divorce it. And Venom works better on an entrance to a universe as a villain to Spider-Man than is trying to make him a hero. Right, yeah. Um, In a lot of ways, because of, I mean, one of this movie's biggest failings is its villain. It, a lot of Venom, I mean, Venom's original villains, when Venom started branching out and getting his own comics, were what you see here with Riot, and it's very similar looking to Venom. Yeah. And I felt like there was a lack of creativity in the comic writers that were writing Venom at the time when they just decided to give him a symbiote lineup of villains to start with. Different colored. Same thing. <laughs> right. Um, and that was so, part of the big issue with the way that they shot that climactic ending fight was they took somebody who was black against somebody who was dark gray <laughs> at night at ni- <laughs> yeah because then which makes also sense because then from a cgi standpoint you don't have to worry about lighting right all of that and giving a shit where where the sun's coming from so i get that but then you have both of them breaking apart constantly in this like gack type of fashion and coming back together and gelling around and moving it just it made it, it, it was a little bit easier to take this time than seeing it at theaters, but it, to me, it was the the visual of that was very jarring. It was hard to keep. It was like watching a freaking Transformers fight. I'd, I'd actually argue this is worse than a Transformers fight. The Transformers, like you can sort of get the Transformers and even the first part of this fight with two different, slightly different colored blobs fighting each other. Fine. But like you said, once they start breaking apart and seeing the insides of those blobs and then the blobs are still fighting, but the inside people are still fighting too, that was fucking mess. I couldn't figure out what the hell was going on. I really uh, enjoyed that. I think it really like showed you these are the two same fucking things fighting and they're fighting in this new, unique way. And it was kind of nice to also see the inside of Hardy and Carlton in there. And I really actually enjoyed that. I like the melding of them together because they're not that different. They're kind of the same thing at their core. It's just that through melding with Eddie Brock... Venom is kind of getting more of a conscious because at his core, 
Eddie Brock has a conscience, he's just not a very likable person. <laughs> and I think that that's kind of what this story is telling. This is similar to one of my other favorite, I wouldn't say superhero, but with that kind of story where someone starts off as kind of an unlikable villain, but then grows and becomes a, a superhero, a good guy, is Godzilla. Godzilla starts off as a very mean, nasty lizard trying to destroy humans, but eventually comes to become a protector. And I think Venom has a very similar story arc to Godzilla. And I think that's like the thing like we've been saying, like Eddie Brock's, you're not supposed to like him, you're not. He's a broken person that has mental issues that really needs some help, but has that little bit of conscience at the end that gets him through to take on Carlton. He's only really taken on Carlton because he's upset he got fired and lost his girlfriend about him. <laughs> Doesn't really care about saving the world. Like, he's there because he lost his job. Like, he's not there for a higher, greater purpose. It, 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 really, he's there because he's pissed off that someone crossed him. And that's, I think, what the the Venomverse is what I will call it. The Venomverse <laughs> will lead us into this story where Venom no has this, this this small conscience, but he's going to slowly erode it as more and more bad things happen to Eddie Brock and becomes more of a negative person. Okay, that's that my pitch for Venom is Three. Very <laughs> well thought out and does not change my mind at all. That's fine. I'm here yeah, for the 870 I, I million ticket goers. Yeah, I mean, you dug into it more than I was. I was taking its surface value, and I think, I think on paper that that whole finale fight scene sounds good. And I think if you if you just stop and look at the visuals, sure, it, it looks cool. But in motion, it just did not work for me. Uh, I will quickly hit my last two negative points, and we can move on to someone else's. Yeah, we'll bounce um, to Andy. So Scott Hayes plays Chief Security Chief Roland. Trace, tree or Trace, perhaps. You better not say shit about him. No, I was just curious as to how they stole Billy Corgan's face from 1998. Ah, <laughs> and got <laughs> it on the henchman him. guy. Was that like that de aging kind of technology, or they just like like CGI'd it? I mean, if it's a prosthetic, it looks really damn good. <laughs> um. And then my last part was about that, yeah, that 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 last ending scene, uh, the mid credit scene, which I kind of, I I know I wrote against the last time, which was, for whatever reason, I don't know if it was a last minute thought or whatever, but apparently after all the money that they spent on Tom Hardy, and let's not kid ourselves, Tom Hardy was paid a ransom to be in this movie I'm, I'm sure there's certain aspects of the scripts script that was like well that could be interesting and there's a lot that i could just be responsible for delivering on my own and it'd be like a creative challenge okay i guarantee tom hardy had to have been paid all the money for this movie so maybe at that point when they decided to film that mid-credit scene and someone said oh we we think since carnage is a red symbiote symbiote and we're going to be introducing the person who will become him in the next movie uh they should have some kind of red indicator to them as well okay somebody go to their kids middle school theater department and get a red wig <laughs> and put it on woody harrelson cassidy i will never let that go so he is Wh but which honestly is if they would have just not had no wig, just none. 
Like, just leave him bald. Leave him be Woody Harrelson. I'm fine and, with that. And maybe it's the type of hair that it that it is. And 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 now I will give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe you know illustrations of that character pre Carnage. That's more how the guy's supposed to look. So maybe they were trying to stick to that. Okay, but just something about that just looks so terrible. I can speak to that for you because I Woody Harrelson is somebody that I would say is kind of like iconically bald. Because Woody Harrelson has been balding since Cheers. <laughs> yeah, and he's kind of like a Bruce Willis now. Like, if I saw Bruce right. Willis in a movie with hair again, it would just look too weird. What was it, <laughs> Sixth Sense, where they gave him a head of hair? And it was... Well, I think, I think he was kind of, like, on his way out by that point. But, yeah, like, he had, but like, no, like, a full head. It, just, it looked it weird. Yeah, no, but it, the it, hair was the ghost. But it doesn't matter. I'm, the point I'm getting at is it, oh, yeah, it still aside. just doesn't, because of what we know about... Somebody like Bruce Willis or Woody Harrelson, and we're so used to seeing them as bald. It doesn't matter what wig you put on him; it's not going to look right. Because yeah, I, think, it, I don't think it so. would be like your e- you know, even... significant other coming home, and all of a sudden they're bald, or if they are bald, all of a sudden they have a head of hair, which is even weirder because you don't just grow hair overnight. E- like so, it's even, you know, even uh, Woody in the the Hunger Games movies as Hamish, like that sort of like long straw blonde hair like you're right like it's a little it, it's it's almost like the uncanny valley like you're so you cannot readjust yourself to it i feel um, i feel like it worked but, okay in that instance only because he was supposed to be a sloppy drunk and it, like it looked was... kind of sloppy and shitty but he was kind of supposed to look sloppy and shitty yeah so i, I, I kind of it, it I, looked bad but you kind of glossed over it as it's not I, supposed I, to look good I think the combination of him looking the way he did in the in that short scene, and then like, I thought this way of doing things felt almost like movie making of yesteryear, when they literally end the scene by him saying, "There will be carnage." It just it it felt campy. so flat See, I'm to telling me. You. It's like it's it, leading like, to it, the campiness. I, I guess, but it's not maybe it's not the type of campiness that I envision that means campiness in a way. Like it's still seeming like it's supposed to be serious. And it just it I, there's better ways to lay breadcrumbs. There's better ways yeah. to evoke something, reference something. Like it it just I don't know. I, I think the combination of those two things happening, uh, which is always leave a bad taste in my mouth in that scene. I mean, I still think, so. uh, like, I like Woody Harrelson as an actor. I think he's extremely miscast as Cletus Cassidy for Carnage. I So I, I put a picture in the chat. Um, that's what I picture for Cletus Cassidy. To me, Carrot Top is Cletus Cassidy. I would love to see Carrot Top as Carnage. Legitimately? Well, not he's, like, because he's, you know, he's like buff now. But like, you know, yeah, a couple years ago, Cletus Cassidy, or uh, a couple years ago, Carrot Top, I think, could work as Cletus Cassidy. You know, I I really don't know if Carrot Top can actually act. Though I'm not saying well, obviously he might not look put him the in the part. movie because Woody Harrelson is the character. But like my dream casting probably would have at least someone looks very similar to that that can act. I don't well, know. The, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of something and I got nothing. That's what I mean. That's why but, Carrot Top is the only one that comes to mind because I can't think of anyone else that looks like Carrot Top but can act. Any of the Weasleys. <laughs> <laughs> That could work, actually. 
So, that's... but yeah, I just I'm I'm looking. Yeah, I don't know what the hell the next movie is going to be because obviously he's going to be featured heavily. So I'm I'm yeah. I I'm curious to see what happens, what he does with it. But I I still is not my first pick, and I just get a, such an eye roll moment when he shows up in that jail cell that it's like, really, this is this is where you're going. Maybe that's because well, of his role in Natural Born Killers, and that sort of is sort of what Carnage is. It may be because I don't have that context, so I can't put those two together. I mean, so maybe from, maybe it's just a disconnect I, I for see me. That point. Yeah, for me, I couldn't help like seeing that scene. It just made me think of the way he in Zombieland. He doesn't say anything more than just the word "hungry" in Zombieland, but it, it's just the same delivery to me. It, like the and it's, I don't know. Woody Harrelson is a very ca- charismatic person, so I, I don't know how that's going to go over. As a villain like Cassidy. I mean, okay. it's been a yeah. long time, but I mean, Cassidy's kind of like Zaz, isn't he? He's just a like yeah, an insane killer. murdering bastard. Like, yeah, they're usually charismatic though. <laughs> Ted mm. Bundy, they got a personality. Isn't Zaz more of a hitman though? And, you know, like he's an insane murdering person, but he's he's more. It depends on the depiction of Zaz. I think some some have depicted him that way, and others he's depicted as just like a murdering, raping psychopath. And other times he's depicted as like, you know, the the S tier uh, henchman. Right. Um, Andy, we'll spin to you. What do you what do you have that you want to you didn't like or didn't didn't tickle your fancy in this movie? Um. I know you guys have all been saying that you thought Tom Hardy did a good job, but I don't know. A lot of the scenes to me were sort of called in. I don't know. Okay. I don't know if it was the campiness to it or whatever, but it just, um, I don't know. I, I didn't think the acting was particularly on par at all besides from him talking to himself. I don't know. Just, it didn't, didn't really do much for me, uh, especially the second time. The first time I thought it was enjoyable, but like when you see something a second time, you sort of get to pick it a little bit. And right. That was something that sort of started to irk me. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> Did you pick up on any of the times he like slipped his accent? Uh, no. He's what else? Carrot top popping up here. Australian. That's my carnage. Uh, he's just British. Ah, okay. Yeah. But it, I feel like there was a couple of times where his accent slipped. And he did not sound American for a few words. And then he reeled it back in. And why you don't do another take of a, a situation like that is beyond me. What's well, it? He's slowly losing his mind. It was a character choice. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy it. Um, <laughs> One Andy, of the multiple personalities is British. Andy, do you think, since you said you, you found the acting a little phoned in, do you think that's because of your like prior exposure to what Tom Hardy can do like are you judging him against himself in a way or yeah i guess might have that feeling i guess i guess i am no matter what yeah um i don't know if if it was the director saying like okay yeah that was a good one. Oh yeah okay like that was a good one um <laughs> sort of like george lucas where you're just like no no that george that wasn't a good one like <laughs> let's let's refilm that please um faster more intense yeah <laughs> um but i mean if you watch any of his other movies like if even that movie with uh Chris Pine and Reese Witherspoon, where they're like vying for her attention. This means that's, war. That's uh, what is it? Yep. This means war. Yeah, 
I mean, he I was good that in movie. that even. Um, I mean, look at Mad Max and um, Bane. Batman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like he does good jobs in all those movies. And this one, it just, I don't know. It's just, I thought he could have done better, I guess. So I, Fair. I, I was holding to a higher standard and it, it didn't quite reach. Um, some of the, some of the, um, special effects I thought were really campy. Like, like when the drones were running around, I kept seeing a lot of sparks, but no explosions. And that was, <laughs> I was like, what is this? Like Dazzlers Anonymous? What is happening with <laughs> Sparklers Anonymous? What What is this right now? And did anybody else think it was weird that, um, you know, when, the drones were happening they were trying to kill him even though th- he had just gotten direct orders to bring him back alive did you, did anybody else think that that was weird like honestly like, i don't know if i really seriously, put like two they two were, together at that moment they were they were like no yeah they were like dive bombing like dive bombing him like when venom had him pinned against the brick it was venom let him go right as a drone yeah, the exploded yeah. right where he was. Like, if yeah. Venom wouldn't have done that, he'd have been fucked. Yeah. Probably. Well, I, mean, I think I mean, Venom, he so. realized at that point that he's, like, pretty powered up and we got to use, like, real force to try and, like, take him down. But even like, still, like... That was it. Like, like he, I mean, he's not seeing... Like, Carlton isn't seeing, like, this dude is taking bullets and it's okay. He literally threw one of us with, like, a tail, I think, that's no longer there. <laughs> he just did a cool-ass 90-degree turn some fucking hell. <laughs> We're gonna have to, like, use some, like, real force here, guys. Yeah, at that point, I don't think they... Part of me, I think maybe they don't give a shit what happens to Eddie. They just want the suit back. Like, the, the symbiote back. Yeah, I don't so... think the security officer cares as much as Carlton is bringing them back together. Right. I think he's making a choice, like, I don't want to die. Yeah, but then you you still don't know anything about this creature. You don't know if if separating the two, killing the host, is going to kill the symbiote, you know, and all of their tests right. that generally does happen. Like, even he killed the one doctor because he was like, weren't you watching him? <laughs> so, I don't know. That that didn't really fly with me either. Uh, I, thought I feel like ki- plot points are not this movie's strong suit. Yeah, I thought the kiss mm. was super fucking campy. I was like, oh, God, I can't believe that just happened. <laughs> and then she was like, oh, did I just eat a head? What the fuck? And then it was just like, it kept going. I was like, damn it. <laughs> I don't know. I, it, it wasn't a great script, I think. Yeah. Um, It did have its moments that I liked, but I could probably rag on it for a while. But no, I think <laughs> those are the, my main... Well, we'll see what else everybody else says oh, if you have one any other, other thing, points to jump one in. One other thing I wanted to say, and it does have to do with like the oh, you know, like I I know a little bit about Venom and would want a movie about Venom the way I know Venom is like try I tried to explain Venom's actual origins to Jess after watching the movie because she <laughs> wasn't familiar, and it did not go well. <laughs> <laughs> Is She's that like, your Wait, explanation what, what do you or just what just like yeah just uh I don't know just trying to remember like how he actually came about and whatnot and um it after having seen the movie she's like so this and this and I'm like no no that has nothing to do with it no <laughs> well what'll for, be fun is everything we see Spider-Man 3 
have her watch that movie with you so she can sort of get the the sort of kind of proper comic origin for Venom. Right. Yeah. So I I tried to explain it to her and I got a lot of quizzical eyes. So. Yeah. Because they just cut out the middleman. Like Venom is a is an alien thing that comes from space on a shuttlecraft. It's just that instead of going to Spider Man first, it just jumps to Venom or jumps to Eddie first. Yeah. Yeah, Sarah. But that explains why you know going to Spider Man explains why Venom has webbing, why he has the spider symbol, why he hates Spider Man because Spider Man rejected him. Like all that's there in the origin, which is what we're missing here. And Sarah watched this for the first time as well uh, with me doing this rewatch and she kind of had the same, it sounds like the same reaction as Jess did, which was like, that was entertaining, but I don't particularly know if I liked it, but I can't put my finger on why. Right. I don't know why I should care. Kind of, I think. Yeah. Uh, And I don't know if you necessarily, like, I think there's definitely a way that you make a better movie without absolutely having to do all the jump steps you just mentioned and and center him around like why do i hate spider-man why do i have this why do i have this symbol on on my suit and whatnot i i think there there's got to be a way to still get where you want to be without necessarily having to have all that as part of the equation but just for for me this was not how you do that Right. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think it's just it's just something I can't ever seem to separate from the character. I can't I can't and that's just me, you know, personal bias of knowing the comic origins for Venom and trying to see a movie where I know they're I'm not going to get that and just trying to accept that this is what they're doing. It's still difficult for me to do. They could have made him the villain for 90% of this movie even without Spider-Man. And just forget about Riot for right now, you know, you can do Riot and and Carnage in the next one or whatever. But yeah. they could have made him the villain for 90% of this movie and then had him sort of do his little anti-hero like right at the end, save his day against whatever the hell you want to think of. But I think that would have been a much better plot to, to see him at his most evil to see his turnaround because that's that's the fun about Venom. Yeah, except, yeah, I feel like the only problem with that is like 90% of the movie or the majority of the movie trying to see someone do evil things and try to care about them at the same time is is difficult to do. So you you, don't, you like you have to introduce the villain for him then like why is he doing the bad things then and and try to spin it that way you have to yeah I feel like audiences have to get something to latch onto which is why they tried to make Eddie sympathetic and and relatable in this movie so that when Venom gets to him you're sort of rooting for Eddie but I don't know um we'll spin to Mike Mike what do you got the you want to shit on the movie with <laughs> um. I want to ask all of you a question to start with, because it bugged the hell out of me. What happened to the yellow symbiote? You the know, I made one, a note. The blue one dies. Were like, oh, that's a good point. That they, they were, they were colored ones. Riot is with, yeah, Carlton, and then Venom, of course, is there. Where, where is it? What happened to it? Is that what's going to get to Cassidy somehow? But we like, it's just not acknowledged, and he doesn't care about that one that's lost. Yeah. Like, he, he, they don't even talk about it. Like, oh, what happened to the other one? Is that the one that he sicked on the, the girl that brought Tom Hardy into the whole situation? No, that was... Uh, I, thought, I think that was the one, one that died. Mentioned. That was the okay. blue one. Yeah. yeah. That is a... I completely forgot about that, that there was a fourth. Um, yeah, because we see three at the lab, and then the fourth one is Venom that's, like, on the loose. Right. right. Or, sorry, oh. Riot. Riot's on the loose. Right, right. 
Yeah, Riot's on the loose. Venom is originally at the lab, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, huh. so that that bugged me, um, not having any clue or any reference to its being missing. Um, it's in the director's cut. I think t- oh, didn't he mention I, that all of the all of the symbiotes died? Didn't he mention it once? I swear he mentioned it during the movie. No, I mean, if he did, I missed that completely. Symbiotes died except for the one that latched onto Eddie, and that's before he knew that Riot existed. I s- maybe I'm wrong. Maybe if he did, I mean, if he I did, thought I he said all the hosts died, but it's well, he mentioned specifically yeah. that one died because we see it dead, but he does mention at a point that the Venom one's the only one he knows that's left. Yeah, he, I swear he said all of the, all the others died or something. Okay, maybe maybe I'm wrong. See, we I, need more eyes on these movies. Someone has to tell us <laughs> who's got these details right. <laughs> um, well, maybe I'll move on it. from there. Someone took notes. <laughs> um, I, I acknowledge that there were more colors. I didn't acknowledge what happened to the colors. So, I, I have a bit of an issue with Venom going from kind of villain to being friends with Eddie very quickly and almost on a whim. Yes, thank um, you. Just because, like, I'm a loser, you're a loser. That was all it took. We're all losers. And let's be friends, and I no longer care about my race and taking over your world. It goes from, we're going to bring a whole ship full of symbiotes and take everybody over. I'm going to eat as many heads as I want to. And then all of a sudden, you know what? I'm going to stay here. You're pretty cool. We're pretty cool together. Let's make this work. It it felt too easy. The, the yeah. reason felt not compelling enough. Well, it's because it's the symbiotic relationship, the mind melding of the two beings, like in a Vulcan would in Star Trek. So it goes yeah. quicker. Does the minds meld? Is is that this round's version of um, divergent timelines? <laughs> I just, think this just, just explain explain, all. explain everything away by mind meld. I think this makes way more sense than any divergent timeline has ever. <laughs> Um, I'm I'm with Mike. Okay. I think there needed to be more build up to that. I will buy that explanation, Ian, but I think it it happens too quickly. Like it it's a complete it needs 180. To, it needs to happen sooner because those are the best parts of the movie when they're friends. Which I, I, yeah, I fine. That. I like that they're together like that. Yes, but I, I there there's so it's the two opposites. There's no in between there. It's you like Mike said. You go from one point to the exact opposite. Within right in the middle of the movie, it's it's right when the kiss happens. Like before that, Venom's ready to just bring a whole alien race here and kill everybody and take over the planet. After the kiss, all of a sudden it's you know what we're both losers. Let's do this together. We're cool. We're gonna stay here. Well, it's that, but he also almost died from the MRI machine, so he's experienced almost death. So suspension bridge effect helps bring them closer together as well. From when their almost death happens, which actually reminds me of something else because this is another plot point that I think has sort of dropped is that I think somewhere in there, you're made aware that Eddie is dying. Venom mm-hmm. says he can he can heal Eddie, and then it's dropped completely. So you don't well, know what Eddie's dying from. How terminal is he? Like, what does Venom do to keep him alive? Like, I get that see, there's I the symbiotic... I felt sim- like it was Venom feeding on him that was killing him. Yeah. Like the I other feel like okay. that was fairly well yeah. explained. And when Venom chose not to feed on him and wants to eat heads instead, Venom so that's the difference. and if, isn't going to yeah. eat on him. Okay, so if Venom kills other people, he's not killing Eddie. Yeah. That's the I way guess. this works? Okay. Because yeah. I thought it was the other way around. I thought it was like, because to me, suddenly that's like, well, then why the fuck would he take him back if the thing's slowly killing him? 
I thought it was Eddie was dying and that the symbiote was keeping him alive somehow. Uh, That's why I thought they yeah, needed no, each other so no, that Venom I, I, could I keep got, him alive. I, you get another thing at the end when they're talking at the very, very end. And um, Venom tells him, like, oh, your liver's looking good. Like, right. and, and, like you can let me eat somebody or I'm going to eat you. You know okay. what I mean? Like, he, so I think it's kind of Venom was the problem. Yeah. Okay. All right. Then I completely misinterpreted that. Yeah. I, I noticed that and then I worked out in my brain that it actually works. Because I, okay. I, I thought the same thing and then I was like, wait, but okay. Um, I, I feel like there's a, a few things that still bug me. Um, you know, Andy mentioned the acting. Um, Michelle Williams. Uh, what what the hell was that performance? It was awful. Yeah, I didn't care for that. Um, <laughs> like it, it just felt completely wooden the whole time. Like it, I felt like she did not care about the movie. She didn't care to be there. She phoned it in is a hundred percent how I felt about that. I also feel that they phoned in the relationship. Like if let let me be clear on this. The two of them do not have a relationship that should be a thing. Like, it, it, that shouldn't, that's not how relationships work. You don't say, well, you, you tried to do your job to the best of your ability. You may have thrown me a little bit under the bus, but we love each other. You made a mistake. Let's get better. Let's help you get better. Not, oh, you did this one thing or you did all these things where you're, you know, being a selfish dick, but it's, you know, we know you have a problem, so maybe we'll try and help you fix it. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Mm, fuck you, I'm leaving you because this time it affected me and my job's more important than you. What? Yeah, I, th I think it I was not a that. small thing. It was a very big deal. What happened? He broke into her laptop. But he did it. Stole for the secrets right from a case. Stole secrets from her case. He's that still he's doing not it supposed to, take to know. down someone. That's bad. He's doing he, it for the right reason. And then he he's failed to do it. Thing. And then he failed to do it. It doesn't because matter. he he's didn't use the sources. Thing. No, he's not. He's costing jobs. If she knew the same thing and didn't tell him, it's because it's not that bad. What's in those reports? He went rogue. So she's destroyed horrible. her, possibly her career. Look how badly he ends up if, not if being able to work. And he does that, that to bad, her. People are dying at this lab and they're killing people. Then she's a terrible person for not thinking it's bad enough to tell him about. They're not that bad. It's people die doing trials. It happens, and you pay some money, and then it goes away. Move on and live to fight another day. He broke. They broke their privacy. Gossed her her job, and now she might have to live on the streets because we're talking about a man that can buy and sell a paper company with his change. Well, then maybe she should um, be with somebody that she. And they just know. and he just lost his other job for doing the same shit. That's why he's in San Francisco. It's a pattern of behavior, and she's picking up on it and breaking up with her abusive boyfriend. It makes complete sense. <laughs> I feel like I'm siding a little bit more with Mike on this, but I I, I I guess I see it more of, like, the plot needed to go forward. So in the first 20 minutes, like, this movie moves. Like, it opens with a fucking spaceship crashing on the planet, and then Symbiote's here, and then we're moving on. And then you meet Eddie real quickly, and then, like, the next 10 minutes he loses his job and everything goes to shit. Like, it, the plot goes. So regardless of, like, 
you know what should or should have happened with her with the relationship or whatnot the, the plot just needed it to go there so that's where it went like whether or not it makes sense it just needed to go there to have the next step happen is the way i'm interpreting it i mean it, it but i do feels... feel like the re- yeah the relationship could have been worked on more and massaged a little bit more there i think that could have helped you later have on in the film you don't you know leave your fiance over that you yeah. have an argument you have a big argument that's fine but you you don't say like oh we were going to get married and now because you tried to out this horrible corporation that's killing people well that was the last straw even though no, he made took a unproven evidence a... of someone dying he didn't try and prove anything he did gotcha journalism he didn't do anything that's the other bigger point nothing was accomplished by his action other than them losing their livelihood and nearly being forced to be one of those homeless people to get experimented on <laughs> so you would have ended right. up at the same spot no matter what <laughs> and once again, it's a pattern of behavior we've established. This isn't the first time this has happened to him. We literally get the line, don't go starting your shit again. And what does to he do? Eddie, he to, starts yeah. his shit again. Professionally, yes. But I think to Mike's point, the relationship to that point shows no signs of being on Rocky Road. They look like they're in the happiest How many times did she ever. have to say, feed that cat, and he didn't do it? <laughs> so, okay, one thing. One, he may have killed a cat. <laughs> The point is, it's even then, it's it's not an emotionally affecting scene. It doesn't serve any purpose to let me know that, oh man, I feel bad for Eddie that he lost that asshole that's leaving him because he tried to do the right thing. Because he tried to do something good and failed at it, she's leaving him. Well, then on top of that, then you I have feel a massive for time jump of like six months, so you don't really see Eddie's downward spiral per se well how You're could he be left upset like, oh, about what cu- happened couple months couple months later i'm really down in the dumps because of all the things that broke down as it that it's what it's it's just another one of those small points where it could have been more effective if done differently but this movie is already almost two hours long so unless you're throwing in like another 20 minutes worth of content i don't and we, like i don't know if it would make it better i don't know if that would like if I would have had the attention span for it, if my interest could have been kept, I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe it could have. I I might have like seemed more compelled. Like I'm following this these character trajectories more than what was presented. That's fair. Um, another problem. I'll move on from it since I don't feel like arguing about journalism and ethics and things like that but there's a couple things that just don't make any sense um one of those is that Anne is able to operate an mri machine (laughs) um she has been dating a doctor for six months (laughs) and that's something totally that uh, isn't he a surgeon because they always operate mri machines even he wouldn't know how to do it a science doctor mike well, he didn't operate Doctor, it. I know, but I'm saying even <laughs> he wouldn't know, and he she's just dating him. How does she know how to do it? Also, how does she know how to get the perfect pitch on the speaker at the end that it causes like the two of them to break up, like when like the two symbiotes to freak out when she plays over the loudspeaker? She knows it'll happen, but how does she know how to do that? We, like, we I have, get this. Somehow she went to I college. Like th- these are not the biggest argument, like the biggest problems with this movie. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm, 
we've talked about a lot of the biggest problems. <laughs> I'm getting down to some things that bug the shit out of me. Because okay, it makes Wait, no which sense. actually do kind of make sense. I'll give him. I'll give him that on on some of these. <laughs> um, it, it, there's only two more that I have. Uh, one of them is when Venom and Eddie separate. Seems like Eddie is uh, a fairly well trained fighter, in spite of no evidence to that given to us prior. Um, seems like he handles himself fairly well. Uh, at the end when they separate, in spite of him just being a person. Um, when Venom's there, it makes sense. When Venom's not there, it doesn't. He's a journalist. He's not this. You know, I mean, it, it's a little Fucking bit. Strange. Tom Hardy. He's just fighting like one like rich dude. Like it's... neither one of them has any business being good at hand to hand combat. So I mean, it, he threw one they... cool Superman punch. I mean, yeah, it was cool <laughs> as hell. But I don't know if I'd be like, well, we didn't know it. Eddie Brock was a black belt. He threw a cool Superman punch. Well, I, I mean, like I said, I am getting a little bit nitpicky. But there, I, I, I lied. There is one more small thing before I get to the big thing that's always bugged me about Venom. But that's when Venom calls him a pussy in the elevator, right? And he tells him, jump, 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 jump. But we see Venom has a fair amount of control over Eddie. And couldn't Venom just have made him jump? Couldn't Venom just have taken control there and been like, okay, here we go. I mean, playing devil's advocate here, I feel like somewhere at that point in the movie is when Eddie starts to assert control over Venom. Like, there's a, there's a lot less... But how much control does Eddie actually have? Well, that's what, I mean, we don't know. You could argue that either way, but I feel like from that point on, later in the that second half of the movie, there's a lot less of Venom taking control of Eddie. Well, I feel like they're more on more agreeable terms. Well, maybe that too. I think that's Venom trying to get Eddie to trust him. Maybe, but at the same time, if he doesn't trust him, wouldn't Venom just do it? Like, would they actually make it to the elevator, or would Venom just be like, okay, it is time to go, though? No, he knows they got time. Hmm. He knew those dudes were going to knock, so... How did how well, did he know okay. that these were gonna knock? <laughs> it's a good fucking question. I don't know when Venom got mental powers. Yeah. No, he could feel the vibrations of them walking down the hallway. Now, now, did he pick up like a spider sense from from being with Spider Man? From not Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> that would make sense. Is oh look, he was with Spider Man first. Now he has spider oh, sense. The rabbit. The, the rabbit origin, has big it? ears. Boom! <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> I mean, isn't that because I Venom... thought that was the yellow one that bonded with the rabbit? I'm colorblind, so I couldn't tell you. Because <laughs> wait, Venom, Venom, like in the in the comics and stuff, Venom is immune to Spider-Man's spider sense, right? Isn't that isn't that a thing? I think so. Yeah, it's been a long time since I read Spider-Man comics. I remember major plot points, not as much as the minor ones. Yeah, I started thinking maybe it was maybe it was the other way. Maybe Venom got spider sense from Spider-Man, but I think it's the reverse because I think it was. Like Venom was the only one that could get past Spider-Man's spider sense, huh, so that okay. so then yeah, I don't know if that would make sense for for you know hearing things down the hall. But yeah, for, I mean, for the sake of argument, yes, he's sort of Spider-Man. He will give him spider sense. What? The, why the fuck not? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but powers brings me to my biggest problem with Venom since day one of Venom's creation. Now Venom is a really cool name to give a villain. It's a very cool name. Makes no fucking sense for the character whatsoever. He has no venom. He has nothing even resembling venom or poison or anything. It's just spider a chase. 
Yeah. Like, that's why, that's, I mean. That's as close as you're going to get. It was spider and chase. Spider, yeah, spider I mean, I got nothing better. Spider, yeah. it, it, it still, it, it, it bugs me. I mean, they weren't going to call him eight legs. Like <laughs> They could have just gave him, like, a power. Gave him some venom to well, go with the name Venom. Well, if you think about it like this and how they eat you from the inside, it's kind of like how venom works by poisoning your body. It is the venom itself is the poison. I love the way I can just okay. spin things off the cuff and just sort of kind of make them make sense. <laughs> That's actually from my Todd McFarlane um, audio book I'm working on. <laughs> <laughs> Making sense of why the fuck this thing's called Venom. That's chapter um, four. <laughs> so, so also, like, it, I mean, the names Riot, Venom, Carnage, these things are like their names on this planet. I want to, like, I, I, I want to read the phone book. Sure. Uh, well, that's the, the translated planet. names. Those are translated. I want to read the translated phone book. It's like, <laughs> in I'm sure it's it's actually probably mostly just wet slurping and sucking sounds because of the type of. I'm just saying, look at what they actually are. Their true form without a host. I mean, what other sounds it. could they make? Nonetheless, I'm just. I, I would like to see the phone book. That's all my. That's my point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know of any other symbiotes in like comic lore or what any of their names are. So Riot is a new one for me. I don't even know if that's if if that's a comic symbiote or made it for the movie. I have no idea. Yeah, Riot was in Venom's own title. Okay, like Venom comics, and you know Carnage, of course. Right. So. Yeah, that's the only other one I know. Same. Those are okay. the only three I've, I've ever known of. All right. Um, I'm sure they're out there, though. Ian, I'll double check. You said you have a, a no list of, of dislikes. Do you have anything to touch on or no? Okay, so to start, in the very beginning, there's that spaceship crashing to Earth. That spaceship looked like shit. <laughs> <laughs> Almost every thing. It was every so thing. obviously CGI. I, I didn't even know if it was CGI. I was like, that just looks shitty. Like, almost every effect in Spawn was better than that. <laughs> Um, <laughs> even even hell. Yeah, honestly, I bought hell more than that spaceship. Bullshit. <laughs> I like I like the skybox, and then the ship ruined it. Um, when he got fired from his job, but he's doing all this investigative journalism. Why didn't he just become a YouTube news guy? Like that's normal. Good question. And then I get, why did it take so long to figure out how like someone broke into the lab? Like just look at the key card. Yes. She was swiping in. Like, yes, uh, I, I was upset. She got away with it for more than an hour. <laughs> yeah, like they didn't, and and they were like in her office, apparently either like going through files or what did you access? You have no security cameras. Like that's the whole point of the badge. Like it is harder to break into a hospital. I think with what they're doing, they actually wouldn't want I... any of it recorded anywhere for proof. Well, they'd have a dead if man it's... trigger. <laughs> I mean, it, it, may, maybe if you want to go down that that road, but yeah, I'm, I was with the I mean, on this one. Even Sarah called this out, where it seemed like it passed like at least a day, maybe two, of like a deep security audit to figure this out. I'm like, what what the shit are you talking about? Like, go look at your access logs. You could figure this out in 20 minutes. Or ask that security guard, there, the security guard, and her. That's it. Yeah. yeah. The guy that got fired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's why he got fired. He didn't think to say, oh, she was here. Yeah. <laughs> and then my last he, one. He was in on the conspiracy with her, and he just didn't out her. Was 
it was also nice for him. He just got fired. That was actually the best ending possible for that guy. That's yeah. true. And then my last one is, um, so they bring the life forms back, and they're examining them in the parking garage. Like, maybe wait till you're in the lab. That's just <laughs> me. It's just me. That was it? That's the end of end of your dislike list? <laughs> the rest of them are just likes not as much as the previous likes. <laughs> <laughs> Second string likes. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of the stuff I had we, we already talked about. I, I think I, I liked Riz Ahmed as an actor. I think he did well. I just can't remember his name and his villain I feel like is largely forgettable. Um, again, Final Fight was confusing as hell to follow. Um, like Mike was saying about Venom's like 180 turn as far as like middle of the movie from a bad guy to suddenly a good guy I still can't get over that um we talked about Woody Harrelson as Carnage yeah I think that was pretty much all I had um so we'll sort of quickly try to go around uh and this seems like an odd question considering like Andy said this is only two freaking years ago but how does this movie hold up from the two years since it's been released awesome uh <laughs> All right, figured figured Ian gave it the good old check. Uh, Josh, how's it hold up? Uh, I mean, obviously, like, nothing has like aged terribly yet. Anything like that, it doesn't look like. Oh, we had so many quick advances, more in technology and CGI, etc. That kind of basic stuff that we would normally talk about. Um, yeah, since since my opinion on it really hasn't been changed at all. Um, I don't know if I could say how does it hold up because I don't think was that good at the time regardless <laughs> um this is more like a, you know comparison sake you know yeah when you watched it the first time how do you feel about it the second time kind of thing exactly the same trending deep negative <laughs> fair enough uh andy uh where do you stand like rewatching it i would have given it probably a six before and probably a four now okay uh mike about the same I mean, from one viewing to the other, I mean, I liked it a lot more the first time than I did this time. Yeah. Um, does that mean it doesn't hold up? I don't know if I'd agree with that term because I feel like it's the same movie and it, you know, like Josh said, I mean, the technology's still there, but it, um, I didn't watch it as critically the first time. This time I was watching it with the intent of like, okay, is this movie actually good or bad? Yeah. And I feel like if I watch it that way, no, it does not hold up. <laughs> but if you were just watching it for a fun second viewing, it, it might. Fair. Okay. Um, Josh, I want to come back to you. Just We're starting to get ratings out of 10. What would yeah, you give yeah. the movie out of 10? Um, so I think I, quality-wise, I'd give it a 4. But if I okay. had to give it like a quasi-separate just basic entertainment five okay these are all rookie uh, scores all rookie scores this <laughs> yeah, movie scores score? a 7.3 <laughs> kick-ass yeah, movie kick-ass special effects where was spawn at it was right around that range right seven was, point something no i think it was an eight something spawn yeah, i feel eight? like spawn okay. was eight something all right that's all right. it's mostly because of that spaceship <laughs> that, that's a pretty heavily weighted spaceship or it was just well, like that bad that it brought it down that much it's the first thing you really see in the movie and that set my expectations low and then they pound it through the roof because this is a 7.3 <laughs> movie kick-ass action scenes an easy to follow plot 
a believable villain, and a great acting performance all around. Give it up for the boys. And <laughs> I, it had a, explored very deep relationships between people. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, Ven, uh, Ian is definitely in the minority here. Uh, I'm, I'm going to kind of align with these guys to go around a four. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm giving it a four. I, like I said, I think that probably after a first viewing, I probably would have given it like a three or something. So it bumped up a little bit for me. It's just fine, but it's still not anywhere near where I wanted it to be. Um, all right, so that probably concludes our portion for Venom. So this gets to the point where we will spin the Wheel of Fate to decide what we're watching next. So Oh, shit, I forgot about the spin. Yeah. Spin! So since this so, is a video, do I still have to record by audio? Yes. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to keep going. We're, we're not done yet. Um, so, yeah, for anyone listening, and we'll put the video up, you know, we'll give you a couple days to listen to this episode to figure out what, what we got to, um, and then we'll put the video up later. Uh, but for what's left on the wheel carries over from, from last week or the last time we did this, uh, the two franchises we have on the board, Swamp Thing and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, our three standalones that carried over are Constantine, Bloodshot, and Cowboys and Aliens. So the newest addition that is going to take the place of Venom spot is Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets, which I think some of us have seen. I have not, so mm-hmm. well, I've I've not heard good things, so I'm not looking forward to that one if it gets picked either. So this will this will be interesting. All right, um, I think I have this queued up. I have to share my screen for these guys. Yeah. Oh, I just remembered another negative, real quick. Uh, that. <laughs> Your time is done. The Edit M song wasn't in the movie. <laughs> Fair enough. They, they saved it for the credits. We've only got half yeah, that. Yeah, I don't only see half of it. Really? Oh, uh, wait. I'm probably blocking it with Skype. How about now? Yeah. There you go. Okay. We can. We we have full wheel. That's that's what I like to hear. I like that the words of Valerian just kind of like mush over each. That's other. what I said. It's just gonna <laughs> just gonna blend together. Just be this mush of crap. So, viewers, what you see there is actually Valerian. Um, good luck reading it. Yeah, if it if it lands on it, you'll you'll know, but you won't yeah. be able to read. I feel like since you right, we go. typed out all of the Valerian title, you should type out Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as well. Teenage Ninja Turtles. Well, that's true. <laughs> I'm just. I guess I can. It would be a lot more clear that it's not the animated <laughs> version then. I can. I can. I can. You know. No. No, Andy. No, we got time. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. You ask and you shall receive. But then also put the subtitle for the first movie. It is. No, we're not. All right, we're not going to, too much. Too did, much so, here. so did you design this like intentionally that Bloodshot was red, TMNT was green, and then you've got a dark green for Swamp Thing? Yeah, I picked all nice, the colors, man. Call. Nice, thematically done. That's well, right. Well done. So are the Cowboys or the aliens pink? No, they're gray. Colorblind. Yeah, Constantine should be black. <laughs> Well, Venom had black the last time, so I I didn't change the color for that one. All right, anyway, Fair too enough. late. Here we go. Wheel yes. spinning. No whammy, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy. I can't, like, I can't look Big at it until it's messes with my Stop! Eye. Anything anybody's hoping for? There's, like, one thing I'm hoping it's not. Not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I'm hoping I got it's two. Valerian. I got two, actually. 
Yes! Oh my god. Yes! <laughs> I told these guys, I tested this wheel twice before <laughs> before we actually recorded the episode and did the wheel spin officially, and we landed on Bloodshot twice. And now we've hit Bloodshot again <laughs> for a third yeah. time. Spin it again so, just to see. So, so rewind, <laughs> rewind, it's broken. Peter. Rewind, it's true. Peter. If it lands on, lands on Bloodshot again, it's broken. We're, we're going to be rewatching a movie that just came out six months ago. <laughs> Yeah, again, the the yeah, all the stuff that we we really don't want to get to is stuff we're getting to. All right. Yep. We're all going to have Yay. to suck it up for that one too. Okay. I honestly, I haven't seen this one either, so All right, fair. And and that's another thing. Like I'm sure there's a lot of this stuff that many of us would have passed by and never really yeah, it's come to forcing me to it, watch so... other things. Yeah. So, not not terrible. We'll make it work. All right, so everybody's got that to look forward to. If you're listening, uh, you'll probably have two weeks-ish uh, to watch Bloodshot. We'll Damn, let you know when dude, we're getting ready to record. Yeah, we yeah well, yeah, hit or miss, somewhere in there. I don't want to say two weeks exactly. I don't want to say three weeks. It could be somewhere Damn. in there. We'll see We'll see where we end up. And also remember uh, to check out the Just Watch dot com website where you can search for any of these movies to find if there is a uh streaming subscription service or uh any other like digital options that you might have to access these also you might already have some you know you might be subscribed to something already that's going to give you access for free uh, so you know otherwise it might tell you hey you can get this for you know rent this for two dollars three dollars on amazon whatever the price might be and other options so keep that in mind yeah, that website's helped us out just to tell you Definitely. what's streaming, where to rent it, where to buy it, any any options uh, as far as the streaming digital platforms. It's it's all there, so it's a it's a nice one stop shop to figure out where to find it. Are we now sponsored by JustWatch.com? Uh, I wish. Yeah, right. But no, this these are this is free promotion for them, for the twenty clicks they're going to get from telling us. Probably not even that. Probably like <laughs> five or ten from the, from the people that listen. <laughs> I, yeah, the, I yeah, be... people that are actually listening and then you know, for you know, t- taking the, <laughs> saying that they take our word for granted and actually go there and actually <laughs> click on the link. I think ninety nine percent of the people listening will just search Amazon and be like, "Is it here? Is it there yeah. or not?" But... They'll just keep pounding their head against the wall of searching the different services instead of actually going to the website. Yeah, their their preferred platform is where they're oh, going to start. That's not what you guys do. <laughs> <laughs> it would be nice if there was a way to do like. To, to set up almost like a sponsor version of the website like could we set up a justwatch.com backslash bry guy that way if people go there they know we're driving traffic oh yeah i don't know something like that i i had not looked that far into it i doubt they have that particular kind of option but yeah we should uh we should send them an email who yeah uh, <laughs> nothing We've sent you a dozen dozen clicks in the last year. You should give us a tenth of a cent. Yeah, it's a, it's a blip on your radar. Please, please, <laughs> please help us out here. Luckily yeah, for me, know. I know exactly where I'm watching this. All they <laughs> all they can do is either say no or ignore us, or both. Right, but that's like the worst <laughs> they could do. So. Um. All right. So that's it for us. Uh, if you've enjoyed the show, please support us. Leave a five-star rating and review. Be sure to give us a share on social media. Uh, you can follow or subscribe to the show to keep up with us. Uh, we're on Spotify, iTunes, Google, Anchor, Stitcher, hopefully anywhere that you find podcasts, we will be there. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, search Bry Guy and his Super Friends, or go to facebook.com slash Bry Guy Super Friends. 
Uh, you can send us questions, comments, topic suggestions. That's where we'll keep you up to date on what movies we're watching next and, you know, how much time you have to watch them. Uh, we'll try to... Uh, we did post for this one. I think, you know, we gave you a day between when we posted and then in recording time if you wanted to chime in with any comments or questions or anything for the movie we're on. So we'll try to keep up with that. Uh, you can try to email us, braggysuperfriends at gmail.com. It's, it's there for show. It's just fancy. It's, say we have one, but I don't check it. Uh, we're on Twitter at BG Superfriends. Those we'll see, and we'll get back to you there. Uh, also, I will. I started doing this last episode. I'll plug it again. Uh, my YouTube and Twitch channels are both Jedi Bry Guy. Uh, the YouTube videos are few and far between, but feel free to check them out. Uh, on Twitch, you can give me a follow. Uh, hopefully, within the next couple weeks, maybe sometime next month, we'll have something planned for you there. So that's another one of the teases uh, I'll be giving you. Just to, we'll, we'll let you know details later. But we're we're trying to get something started. And on behalf of Andy, Ian, Josh, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Love you, Simple Nation.